Church of Christ. Our audience has just got visitors everywhere, and we are so thankful to have you here. And just make sure you look around, regular members, and and welcome all of our guests today. I know many of you are joining us on social media, and we welcome you as well. In our worship today, Brother Chris Langley is going to be leading our singing. Brother J.T. Beard has the opening prayer. Uh, Andrew Langley will have our scripture reading. Uh, Brother Ken has our lesson today about connecting with one another. Uh, I will be leading us as we observe the Lord's Supper, and then Brother Randy Moore will have our announcements and closing prayer. Would you bow with me, please? Our loving Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the blessings that you bestow upon us. And it is such an honor for us to be able to assemble to worship thee. We pray, Father, that all we do today would be pleasing in your sight. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. First song... uh will be sing to me of heaven. Sing to me of heaven, sing that song of peace from the toils that by me it will Scripted with music, the words will be there, and we'll just 
sing through it together. So. This will be the song before the prayer. so thankful that you give us the opportunity as your children to approach your throne of grace and mercy to let you know of our cares and concerns and problems that we have and to tell you how thankful we are for all the many things you do for us. We're thankful for your creation, especially at this time of the year when so many things seem to come to life again. Everything is so beautiful. We know that all we have to do is just look around to realize that you do exist. This is also a manifestation of your love for us, and we're, we're so thankful for, for your creation. We're thankful, Father, for the portion of health that we enjoy, and we're concerned about those of our number and others that are having health problems. We pray, Father, that you would be with them, be with the caregivers, the doctors and nurses, those that are looking after them. We pray that they would have the wisdom to do the things that are necessary to cause them to have a complete and full recovery, if it be your will. We're also mindful, Father, of those that have lost loved ones. We pray especially your blessings be with the David Nywell family. In their loss, we pray that you would comfort them as only you can. We pray that they would continue to lean upon you in in this time of sorrow. We're thankful, Father, for the church the world over. We're especially thankful for the church here at Boonville. And we pray for our leaders, for our elders, that you would give them wisdom to make decisions that would be right, that would cause this church to grow here in this location and throughout the length and breadth of the world. We are thankful, Father, that we have so many men in this congregation that are so talented, that are able to do so many different things, teaching your word, leading, singing, and and so many other things they do so well. We are thankful for all of these men that uh, engage in, in these things. Also, the women that teach the younger uh, children, we, we pray, Father, that you would continue to bless them. We are thankful for the theme of our lessons uh, this year. We talk, we're talking about how that it's our responsibility to carry the gospel to the world. And we pray, Father, that each one of us that are Christians would realize the responsibility we have to do all that we can to make sure that this happens. We are thankful for the new births in our congregation. We are thankful for the baby girl that was born to Bailey and Whitley. We uh, are, are so thankful for that. We pray that they will continue to have good health. And we pray also for, for Ken's grandchild. We pray that she would continue to grow and, and be healthy and that everything would go good with her throughout all of her life. We know there are people that are traveling this time of the year. We know that there are people from this congregation, the Golden Circle and others, that will be traveling to different places. 
We pray that you would be with them, that their trips might be uh, safe and that they would arrive at their destination and back home with us without any difficulties. We pray now, Father, that you would go with us uh, as we continue in this worship service, that you would be with Ken later on as he delivers the lesson. We pray that he might have a good recollection of those things that he's prepared to say and help us to listen in view of eternity, realizing that one day we must stand before you and give an account of how we have not only heard your word, but what we've done with it after we've heard it. And we pray that we would be willing, we would be in such a a situation that we would hear the words, well done, when this life is over. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. After the uh, invitation song will be in his time, number 839 for those using your books, uh, before uh, the scripture reading and the lesson of the hour, uh, we'll sing uh, number 853 when we all get to heaven. Sing the wondrous love of Jesus, sing His mercy and His grace. In the mansions bright and blessed, filled with heavens of glory, we walk into heaven for the day of everybody. I did hear Chris say that it was the sermon of the hour. So I'm going to start my watch right now. And I have an hour. We are thankful for so many visitors and I I could not list them all, but I do want to mention one in particular. And that is my grandbaby. And she's sitting kind of maybe a third from the back. So if you haven't seen her yet, please introduce yourself to her. And, of course, her parents are here too. Uh, But the baby, we're so thrilled that she's able to be here, little Millie. And just, wow, just so excited. And we're really glad that all of you have chosen to be a part of our worship here today. And I I try to remind us constantly this is truly a period of worship. We're going to be looking at God's word and meditating upon that. 
And our desire is to have that word rest on our hearts and make us better people to examine and challenge us. Over the first quarter of this year, as part of our general theme, we were talking about how it is that we deepen our connection to God. I mean, if we're going to seek after him and do what he has taught, we need to be closely connected with him. That was derived out of the book of Ezra, chapter 7 and verse 10, where Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach statutes and ordinances in Israel. So we wanted to draw closer to God, and I hope through those studies we were able to do just that. In the second quarter, we're still wanting to make a deep connection, but we are shifting our focus a little bit. Now that we have made our connection to God, we want to make our connection to his children, our brothers and our sisters. So this morning will be the first in this particular quarter of a handful of sermons that I'll be preaching, reminding us of the importance of the brotherhood and of how it is that we should be striving to be so deeply connected with one another. Before we start our study of God's word together, let's pray that God will will bless us in that endeavor. Our Father, we're thankful to you for a new day, the first day of this week. We reflect upon the things that happened to us in the past week and all the opportunities that you placed in our path. I hope that as we reflect on that, that we're thankful and that we were able to accomplish some things to your glory. I pray, Lord, that as we're beginning now, we're delving into your word, we're being challenged by it, and I I pray that what we find there, we'll find as an opportunity, that we'll take these wonderful lessons of your word and make the application to our lives, not just to know, but to do. Lord, motivate our feet to move, for us to act on the things we know that we should do, all with the goal of bringing more attention to you. Lord, please help me to communicate that with the words that I choose today. And I pray for those who hear it that it will be truly a blessing from you to their ears and then to their feet. Thank you, Lord, for what you intend to accomplish in us and through us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I wondered when our scripture readers saw the text for today and then actually opened their Bible to it, if they thought, oh man, there are only four words in this verse. Would they phrase out each word slowly or just rush through it or just really pay no mind? Just read the text as best they could. Four words. Actually, if we were reading it in the Greek, it would only be two words. One of the shortest verses in all the Bible. And yet, within it, while the the words are so short and simple, the impact of what we find in this one little verse of Scripture can really direct our feet as we are deepening the connection to one another. Let brotherly love continue. Nearly every New Testament letter has some kind of exhortation for us to love each other. It all began, of course, with Jesus in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Christians are to love each other 
like the Lord. We're to express our love and devotion toward one another in the same way as it has been received from the Lord. A devotion that is characterized by the interaction of our Lord with others. I know what it's like. As I read this text, I get the idea, the expression is just to keep right on loving. Don't stop. I wonder sometimes, why would he say such a thing? And then I realize, when I think about my own relationships, of how things change over time. For instance, it's possible you meet someone, maybe you already knew something about them, or you've spent a little bit of time with them and you've already drawn some conclusions about them. You highly respect them. You can't wait to see them again. But, you know, the more time you spend with them, <laughs> maybe some of those initial conclusions that you drew, either they say or do something that's just a little, I don't know, irritating. And the way you felt about them initially, it starts to wane. Now you're changing your opinion. Hey, I get that in relationships. Sometimes the way we thought of them in the beginning just kind of slips. But our text is one of those texts of Scripture that is there to guard against that decline in our appreciation for our brethren. In fact, if I'm thinking about the bigger picture, I'm thinking about the fact that members of the body of Christ, every single member who has obeyed that gospel, come out of that water and the Lord added them to the church. Every single one of those members are children of the same Father in heaven. Sometimes we measure people up by their education, their social standing, how much money they make, where they came from. But not so in the family of God. A child of God is a child of God is a child of God. I can't draw my conclusions about your sonship based on any of those worldly criteria any more than you can make those assessments about me. In fact, if God has accepted you, who am I to reject you? Our text says that brotherly love that love that binds us together as sons of God is to continue. Now, since this verse is so short, actually made up originally of only two words, I thought it'd be maybe the most obvious thing just to simply this morning think about the import of those words, exactly what that should mean to all of us. So I want to begin by thinking with you about brotherly love. Now, the word that's in the text from the Greek is the word Philadelphia. You've probably heard that word before. This is not supposed to be a Greek study. I just wanted you to see how the word develops. It's made of two words. It's a compound word. That first word is the word that's sometimes translated with the English word love, phileo. Phileo has to do with tender affection. Now, think about that word for a minute. I, you know, I, I like you. I, I like being around you. I, I want fellowship with you. I have affection, tender, careful, deliberate affection for you. The second word in this compound is the word adelphos. The word Adelphos could just literally be translated brother, but it actually carries a stronger meaning than that. It means to be from the same womb. In other words, our parentage is exactly the same. Now think about that. When he's talking about us 
in brotherly love, he's talking about an intense, careful, deliberate love that is directed toward one of the same womb. Now, as regards us, it is that careful, tender love that we demonstrate, that care and compassion that we have for brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, those who are children of God. In Romans chapter 12 and verse 10, there is a combining of many of the words of love that the Greeks understood. Now, there is one word that you don't find in the scriptures. It's the word eros that has to do with sexual uh, love, uh, a sexual attraction. The other words, however, are used quite often in the scriptures. And here in this passage, he says to be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Now, right there is a piling on of the words for love. He talks about uh, phileo and storge in that kindly affectionate. And the word storge is another word for love that we, we often use, but we probably didn't even realize it. When we talk about the love and affection that a parent has for the child or the siblings together. When you are in a family, you can't quite put your finger on why it is that you exist together and you tolerate so much stuff. It's that. It's that love that you have in the family. You say, well, so-and-so may do this or that or that or that, but they are they are family. We tolerate a lot when someone's in our family. He combines those two things to talk about brethren. You, brethren, be kindly affectionate. Have the storge plus the phileo. So, I'm in the family. I don't quite know exactly why I like you, but I do. Oh, wait a minute. I do remember because we are of the same parentage and I have that deep affection for you. I'm going to be kindly affectionate with the one that we described a moment ago, Philadelphia, brotherly love. So we are in the same family, but not just any family. We are in the family of God together, and we have just an unspoken, unimaginably deep and passionate love, care, concern, feeling of well-being among our brothers and our sisters. And how beautiful is that? In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another with a fervent heart. Fervency. I love you, but to what degree do I love you? I love you with the greatest amount of enthusiasm. I am on fire for my brothers and my sisters. You know, that expression of love, it comes down really to the primary moral standard that binds us all together. And that is, as I hope you are beginning to see, without limits, or I'm going to say without Specific definition, because the Bible uses several different words to try to describe it. Uh, those terms that we looked at before, storge, family love, uh, phileo, affection, care for one another, agape love, unselfish love, a love that you give with no expectation of a return. I genuinely care no matter what for you. Those words combine and are used in so many different ways to express the fullness, not just a limited application. Oh, I'm only going to have, I'm only going to have affection for this situation, but I'm going to have agape love for this. No, no, the, the, the combining of those ideas within the body of Jesus Christ, simply because we all have one parentage. We are all equals in the sight of our Father as His children. And so, when I see, like the Apostle Paul, addressing Christians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 9, to me, that passage captures something 
pretty hard to describe because I could see him saying to, for instance, a church in Jerusalem that already understood what family is, that they were all Jews, and, and they knew about history and being connected. If he had said what he says in the passage we're going to look at next, then they would have grasped it quickly. But, but he's not doing that. You notice I mentioned First Thessalonians. That is written to a group of people who not very long ago were pagans. They were worshiping idols. Now they've been converted. They've left those idols to serve the true and the living God. Here are people who have no history in terms of the family of God. And now they become Christians. And here's what Paul says to them. He says, but concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you are all taught by God to love one another. You yourselves are taught by God to love one another. Wait a minute. How do I know how to love my brothers and sisters? I don't have a history in that. You know, I'm not like one of those Jews that grew up and, and could point to his genealogy and say, yeah, I'm connected. He says, it isn't that. It isn't your family physical connection that makes you a part of this family. God taught you that. He said, I don't have to tell you anymore. If you know about the love of God, you know about brotherly love. Now, we're trying to deepen our connection with each other. And we're drawing off of Ezra's example. So here's our application. Yeah, I want to know about brotherly love, but I want to take that the next step. Well, here's one way that we take it the next step. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 18. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Now think about that with me. I'm not just going to tell you I love you. I may tell you I love you, but I'm not just going to tell you I love you. Our love, my love, is going to be expressed through action. Alvin Strait. He lived in Iowa. Heard that his brother had a stroke. Now, Alvin had some problems himself. He didn't have a driver's license because his eyesight was so poor. That was a result of diabetes. He also had emphysema. Health was terrible. But he longed to see his 80-year-old brother. His brother lived in Blue River, Wisconsin. Now, to go from Lawrence, Iowa, to Blue River, Wisconsin, meant that he had to travel 240 miles. He couldn't drive, but he also had an aversion to trains, planes, and buses. He did not say, well, my brother suffered a stroke. I'll just write him a card or call him on the phone. No. He wanted to be with his brother. Remember, this is 1994. Alvin hopped on his 1966, which was nearly 30 years old, John Deere lawnmower. And rode on that lawnmower the 240 miles to go and be with his brother. You see, love and devotion will always find a way. If we're going to deepen our connection with each other, it's going to be through brotherly love, not just words, but through actions. But that isn't all this verse says, is it? It says... Let brotherly love continue. 
Let it continue. Let it abide, continue, endure. Let it be present. He does not say, well, you know, have brotherly love. Or let it exist. We already know that part. Brotherly love should abide. Brotherly love should be in its existence. But but he says, continue that. In other words, when it exists, make sure that it never dies. That it never stops. That it keeps going on and on and on. Now he says this to the object of his writing in the book of Hebrews, Jewish Christians who are ready to quit Christianity and go back to Judaism. He says, don't let that love stop. And let me remind you, back a few chapters, chapter 10, beginning at verse 32. He says, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions who were the, of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains, joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. He says, you used to know this. You used to know that this life right now is all about preparing for heaven, being with the Lord forever. And as we are here, we endure a lot. You remember that? You were suffering. I was suffering. We're all suffering. But we're in it together. Remember that? Now he says, let brotherly love, the thing we once had that should continue on and on and on, let it continue. How would, how would that be manifested, you suppose? What are some things that if I saw them among the body, I would say, that it's happening. You know, brotherly love is continuing. Well, one of the things that we would see is that every member is considering other members better than themselves. In other words, there is no superstar in this church. We are all superstars in the eyes of the other members. We're all encouraging and pushing one another to greater heights, on and on and on. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests but also for the interests of others. I am rooting for you. And then I feel the encouragement of you rooting and encouraging me on. That's what this is all about. Building one another up in the faith. That passage that we noted a moment ago that had all those words for love just kind of piled up in it. Listen to how he ended that verse again. Romans 12 and verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Listen, in honor, giving preference to one another. I put you ahead of myself. I'm pretty sure if if we were looking for a church that is continuing brotherly love, that's going to be very obvious. Also, We're going to share. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. We're always going to be extending a hand to our brothers and sisters. We're always going to be open to share and to promote their well-being in some way, especially when there is something, something lacking. We're going to be forgiving and we're going to be kind to one another. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another. Tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Just as God in Christ forgave you. And be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also loved us and gave himself for us. An offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. 
Have you noticed this like I have? That many times when we are encouraged or taught to act a certain way, one of those Bible writers will then, just kind of at the end of it, just when you're thinking, well, I can't do that, or why would I do that, blah, 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 we, the selfish person comes in, why would I forgive? Why would I be kind? He says, oh, wait a minute, because of Jesus. Remember Jesus? Because he did that. Well, if I'm a disciple of Jesus, I'm trying to walk in Jesus' footsteps, then all of those triggers through Scripture that say, you should do this, or you should do that, or you be this, be that, and then follows up by saying, oh, and remember Jesus. Oh, he died for you. So I say, oh, I'd do anything for Jesus. Well, would you forgive? Would you be kind? Yes, because I love my brethren, right? And if I love them, I'm following in Jesus' footsteps. And I'm, I'm not just going to be inclined to do it. I'm going to be eager to do it because that's how I deeply connect myself with my brothers and my sisters. We also, along those same lines, need to have an attitude of restoration. And that is, it's great to look around the building and see folks here. But there are some folks who aren't here, not because of the virus, but because they have gone away. Sometimes it's like what Galatians 6.1 talks about, of being overtaken. Sometimes it's what James talks about in James 5.19 and 20, where they wander away from the truth. But however it is, whether they are overtaken or they wander, you and I, we ought to be about bringing them in. Why is that? Because I love them. I ask the question, does the Lord want them lost? No, they're his children. You ever have a friend whose child was lost? What did you do? Say, well, that's okay. You got two or three more. You did not say that. Or you did not say, well, you can have more children. You could adopt. Nothing wrong with having more children and adopting, you know. But that's not what you say. You say, let me help. Let me go in there and find them. We won't stop, will we? We will not stop until we have them back. Listen, there are children of God who have been overtaken. There are children of God who have wandered away. Show of hands, who wants to go out there and get them for the Lord? Well, great. I love it. Then let's be about that, right? Because that demonstrates that we love the brethren. And we want to get closer to them. We want to see people, we want to see people saved. I need to be sure that I'm an encourager too. And we talked about this Wednesday night as part of the responsibility that we have as planters and waters in the kingdom of God. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24 talks some about that. And I say this in terms of those who have been away for a while. We have a sister here today that has been gone for a year. Are we glad she's back? Amen, we are. And how many more are sitting today watching it on television when circumstances have become such that maybe we can come back and feel safe? I feel safe. I'll just tell you I do. We should encourage that. We should encourage our brothers, sisters, come back, be a part of us again. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 is the one I was thinking about. Let us consider, hear that? Consider one another. And the reason why is in order to stir up love and good works. Let's think about one another. Let's build one another up and not tear one another down. Okay, about to get negative right here. Do not be using evil words against or about your brother. Don't use evil words, evil speaking about or of a brother. James 4 verse 11. And don't direct those evil words toward a brother or sister, Ephesians 4, verse 29. Rather, use those words to exhort and build up the brethren. Those are just some of many other, probably, ways that we can look around us and say, you know what, I see brotherhood here. I see connection. And I'm connected. So, wouldn't we want that for one another? 
I'm just saying that that's something we've got to wrap our minds around if we're going to seek the will of the Lord and we're going to do it. Yeah, we're attending to God and having a great relationship with Him, but we're also connecting with one another. Not just that, oh, I've learned their names. Not that. But I've learned their needs. And I'm here to help. That's the continuing of brotherly love. Maybe you're a child of God today. That's, that's us, right? That, that's our story. There's potentially one or the other place where you are. One is you feel like you've fallen short of that. And you want to get back in it. You want to love people. Then just let me encourage you right where you sit. Just make that determination. Here's, here's how it's going to be. You need help with that? We'll pray with you. And there's no shame in asking for help. Certainly no shame in asking for prayer. But maybe you're on the clear other side of that. Maybe you're a child of God. You've been beaten up a little bit. Or maybe a lot. And now you don't even feel like you can give brotherly love because you feel slighted and somehow overlooked. Well, that's not the intention of this congregation. If that's how you feel, that's the devil working on you. Can we pray about that too? No judgment here. We just, we want people to feel good about the brotherhood, especially that meets right here. If you're not a child of God, I I just described for you one of the great blessings of being one. Not just your salvation, but of being in the family of God. The Lord will add you to the church. We don't vote on you. (laughs) The Lord takes care of that. And then we just accept you because you've done what we did. And we're on equal footing. If you've not obeyed the gospel today, it's a great day to do it. It's the only day you have. If you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God... You're ready to turn away from sin and repentance. Today you can confess that faith before this number. Be buried in water. It's already prepared. Immersed in that water. The old man dies. The new man rises from the dead. It's a spiritual miracle right before us here. And then the Lord wags you to the church. Maybe there's something else we can pray about because we love you. We're a family. Anybody needs to respond for any reason, now's your opportunity. Why don't you come if you need to while we stand together and sing? In his time, in his
Supper, please raise your hand and we'll have Tom or Chris bring it to you. I'll be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning in verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. you'll bow with me. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful. We're so thankful this morning for the opportunity to partake of this bread, which represents Christ's body. We pray, God, that we partake of this bread in a manner that's pleasing to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Bow with me. Heavenly Father, we're also thankful for the cup, which represents the blood that Christ shed. We also pray that we partake of this cup in a manner that's pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Separate and apart from the Lord's Supper, we always want to have the opportunity to give back that which belongs to the Lord. There are many ways in which we can give, as you can see on the screen. But at this time, I want us to pray and give thanks for all that God has blessed us with. Dear God, we're so thankful for the many, many blessings you bestow upon us on a daily basis. We're thankful for our health. We're thankful for our jobs. We're so thankful for our spiritual family. We're thankful that we live in a nation where we're free to come together and worship you. God, at this time, we pray that we give to you what is yours. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here on this beautiful Sunday morning. We had 173 in worship service this morning. Uh, this afternoon at 1.30, there's going to be a wedding shower in honor of Corey Rogers and Anna Kate Joyce in the Annex, 1.30 till 3 o'clock this afternoon. And congratulations to Whitney and Bailey Miles on the birth of Lindley Blake. She was born April the 8th, weighed 9 pounds and 20, and she was 23 inches long. 
Uh, those of you in the Golden Circle who are going to go to Tuscumbia, Florence, that date has been changed. It originally was Friday, April the 16th. It has been moved over to Saturday, April the 17th. So please make a note of that. And sympathy is extended to Emily Kenrick and the death of her brother, David Knoll, he of Corinth. Uh, the funeral was yesterday. That is all the announcements I have at this time. Would you please stand for our closing prayer? Our dear, most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we do once again thank you for this wonderful day you've given us and the opportunity we've had to come out and study your word once again. Lord, we pray that what we've learned today, may we apply it to our lives, and may as a result we better serve you. Lord, thank you for your son Jesus, who died on the cross of Calvary for the sins of the world. Forgive us, Lord, wherein we've sinned against you. For this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.